0: They were just smarter than everyone else, and it they got the advantage, and they and they that's how they won the race. And you you could definitely argue that Keegan did that at SPT.
1: You know? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Right? I mean, I don't know. I I see. Like, I understand that. Although Keegan is strong enough to beat the rest of the field, <laughs> well, let's just
0: let's just get that out of the way. <laughs>
2: Party people, Scott's out this week. But we brought on Tyler Cloutier for another endless discussion on gravel. We hit a couple listener questions that slightly deviate from gravel, but just barely. We really enjoy having Tyler on the show, and we hope you all feel the same. All questions and feedback for the show can be sent to bonkbrospodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Instagram. Oh, and a big shout out to our loyal patrons. A little bit goes a long ways in this world, especially when you're starting from nothing. All right, as Dizzle Duman would say, let's jump this shark and get this bonk bros party started.
0: Ten pounds heavier than you were and your uh, your FTP has probably dropped you know 60 watts and you're just you're just like, yeah, something needs to change
1: yeah I mean I wouldn't say I'm, I'm yes. like I've reached those depths of despair.
2: <laughs> are you at that point Adam? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe not 10 pounds but I'm sure my FTP is like 60 watts lower
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: dude ha- have you been training or no? um I mean not not really yet like a little bit of base yeah. training but nothing yeah. nothing too crazy
1: you were on the rollers I think the most yesterday I've during in so far as like call. 12 hours what mm. you were on the rollers yesterday during our call.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you can still <laughs> work out without it being training right
1: yeah, true <laughs> yeah
0: yeah no i i usually i usually don't hit that point in the off season i'm i'm usually i'm the kind of person in the off season where i'm I'm actually pretty excited to get back to training, and uh I have a hard time taking a ton of time off, so man, to be young
1: again <laughs> <to> be, <laughs> how old are you uh, yeah Uh, thirty-three. Okay, dude. I'm only five. I'm I'm only five (laughs) years behind you. Yeah, still young, still under (laughs) thirty. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you guys had a you guys had a good episode last week. Uh, I think one of the smartest. uh, This uh, the most I heard Scott contribute, so that was cool. Really, I can't even remember what he said. He just, he was thought, you guys were ta- doing listener questions, and he was talking about like cross-gearing and based on your speed, and I was like, man, Scott might actually <laughs> that, know some stuff. That is a lot, yeah. For people who are
0: just listening, Scott's not here this week. But yeah, that is a lot more thinking than Scott usually does. I will say <laughs> that.
2: <laughs> yeah. That, it, it surprised me a little too, I guess, in the moment.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, cool. So uh, should we get into it? what happened this past week let us know what's up (laughs) um so i don't know for anyone who's living under a rock or just doesn't follow the lifetime grand prix which is probably a lot of people honestly um (laughs) the the big news was that there was like rule changes to uh unbound two big ones um the first one being that two big ones yeah you know about these what are you talking about I know all right, just go for it. <laughs>
2: okay. I know one. All right, of them. The I, first, didn't, I didn't know about the other one. This is already off the Alright,
0: well I'll I'll start <laughs> with the one that you probably don't know then. The first one is that there's a separate there's a separate start uh, for the pros now. Um That's so not a rule change. That's just rule change. Well, I guess, but it's it was when they made the announcement, they they were kind of saying like they've got it, to me. It seemed like they had two big announcements, and those were the two big announcements. I guess it
2: could be a rule change. some people were more upset. So so hear me out. It could be a rule change if you have to be in the elite field in order to win
0: the overall. Mm. So you're saying that if somebody in the amateur field gets the fastest time, which is not going to happen, but if if that theoretically Mm. were to happen, would they win the overall? I don't know. I don't know. Got to read the rules. (laughs) See like this is the question that I have about uh about Leadville because Leadville has has staggered starts. Um and if you are starting in the last corral, they call them corrals. If you're starting in the last corral, what are you starting like 30 minutes, 40 minutes behind the leaders? Yeah, it, at least, yeah. So so just just this this obviously wouldn't happen because if you're elite, then you you know, you can get into the first corral. But if Theoretically speaking, let's say that somebody super fast started in the last corral and actually won the whole th- whole thing based on their time. Like they went faster than Keegan somehow. Keegan crosses the line, but then 30 minutes later, this person crosses the line that actually rode faster than Keegan. Dude, I think I think
2: that happened two years ago. Quinn Simmons, I want to say, started in the white corral.
0: Really. I think but he so. Didn't, he didn't win it. He got no, but he, he was second. damn close. He was second. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I want to say I don't don't quote
2: me on that. I have to look it up, but I, I want to say there was something like that where he sure he like came
0: from behind because of like starting yeah. position or something. I didn't know about that. I mean, if anyone could do it, it would be Quinn Simmons. I, I would be shocked that they wouldn't put Quinn Quinn Simmons in the in the first corral. But yeah, you no. Know, okay. I guess he was mid. mid
2: it says mid pack start. And then he and then he also suffered on course sabotage, which I think is he he must have flatted with like the they I don't know, locals put tax on the road
0: or something like that. Yeah. Um, I guess it was a uh, few that, years ago. This was twenty nineteen. Yeah, that's happened before. Uh at I don't know about at Leadville, but I've I've been at races where some some pissed off rednecks are are putting tax on the course. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so there were there were there were people that were more upset about that change than they were the other change, the arrow bar change. Um, for those like that, that don't elite know,
2: people or for everyday no, period.
0: all the I, I saw all the elite people. I think they they were into it because um, they they don't they want the race. They don't want there to be crashes at the beginning, right? And having you know. 500 700 people whatever uh there's more than that that start the race but i'm talking about people that are actually up there at the front like ch- you know challenging each other for position there's going to be crashes right so if you just it's not even about that people don't know how to handle their bikes it's just that there's too many people in one place at one time on bikes you know what i mean yeah um and I think most of the elite people were like, "Yeah, that's going to make our race better." And I agree with that. I just I think that 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 start has almost gotten too dangerous, uh, just because there's too many people around. Um, the second change that supposedly also has to do with safety, although we'll see about that. I I, <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's actually the case. Is the arrow bar rule? Arrow bars have been banned for the elite race, but not everyone else. Um, and I actually I have somewhat mixed feelings about this. I think that probably most people would just assume that I hate it and I kind of hate it, but, uh, <laughs> I can, I can see why they're doing it, but I will say, what I will say is that the fact that they only banned it for elite and not everyone else completely, completely just throws their whole safety argument out the window. It's like, you don't care about safety. It's that a bunch of, you know, basically guys in the elite men's race got their panties in a wad about guys using arrow bars and complained long long enough and hard enough that that you changed the rule. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um I so I don't know. My so, so
2: okay, so so someone starts in the amateur field and they can use arrow bars. I don't know, man. They yeah. I,
0: course. I mean I mean, there were there were actually there were actually people DMing me like Dylan, you should start in the amateur race, uh, so that you can still use your arrow <laughs> bars. And I I I mean, honestly, I don't think that being able to use arrow bars in the amateur race would make up for the fact that you're drafting off of pros in the pro race. Um,
1: What's the stagger? It's
0: ten minutes between the two.
2: Dude, you can, you can make a, up ten minutes with arrow bars in like you know forty miles.
0: Yeah, but we're talking about a group of like 200 pros drafting off of each other versus you with your arrow bars. Yeah. I mean, maybe you'd catch the back, maybe not to catch the front of the field, but yeah, no, uh, it definitely wouldn't be a good call. (laughs) And, and also, also I will say that both of those rule changes basically means that the tactic that I used last year, um, where I kind of paced myself appropriately as opposed to just trying to ride with the front group is completely out the window because one because if I get dropped from the pro race, I'm getting dropped into, into nothing essentially. You know what I mean? There's like (laughs) no one to work with. And also arrow bars are really helpful for that tactic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, oh, and, and also I should mention too, that they are separating the men's, the elite men's and elite women's start, which I think is probably a good call as well because now the women will actually get their own race, as opposed to basically the women's tactic up until this point has been just get with a fast group of men in the first hour or two and then try to stay with them as long as possible. You know what I mean? And that's so, for so everything. what is that that time gap? Yeah. Two min two minutes. It's pro men, two minutes later, pro women, eight minutes after that, amateurs.
1: I mean I guess that makes it the fairest race, right? For every for every category, the pros get their own field. Guys mm. get to, you know, blow through feed zones and then yeah. complain about that. And then the rest of the Well, uh, everyone blows oh. their feed zones at unbound. There's only <laughs> two of them. So. <laughs> so does that rule just that rule just applies to unbound? It doesn't apply to all the other events.
0: Uh to be honest, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they're gonna make that a blanket rule across the lifetime.
2: The the arrow bars?
0: the arrow bar rule or even the split fields. Well, different, different races in the series have different ways that they split the field. Some of them is mass start. Some of them they split. So, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, so the thing with the arrow bars is, is if it gets to the point where, and it wasn't at this point, it was probably to the point where it was like 50, 50 arrow bars versus not arrow bars, at least in the pro race, maybe not even 50, 50, maybe like Forty percent arrow bars, sixty percent not. I would say more didn't have them than did have them. Um, but if it were to get to the point where literally everyone has arrow bars, and it's just like expected that if you go to Unbound, you have to have arrow bars. At that point, it's just kind of like it's like I don't know. I'm almost not into it anymore because you're not you're not gaining an, an advantage by thinking outside the box. It's just like equipment that you have to have at that point you know what i'm saying yeah but but it's like aero
2: bars for a 200 mile race isn't really that outside the box i guess
0: some people would think that it's really outside the box (laughs) genius some might even say (laughs) (laughs) well i'm not i'm not even by when i say outside the box i'm not even necessarily saying that as a positive thing some people think that it's like you know, sacrilege that anyone would ever think of putting arrow bars on a gravel bike.
1: Yeah. So, what was the what what is the consensus about Keegan and, uh, and in Finster, Finsterwald's arrow bars last year? Oh, the ones that were like
0: half arrow bars. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea. I mean, I'm a, I assume
1: that you can't use those either. But. Is everybody just going to rock up with like super long K edge Garmin mounts now and just like put their <laughs> hands on like the Garmin? Yeah. So, so this is what I was, <laughs> what I was going to say too, is that I think that this,
0: this leaves room for being a little bit more creative for how to get aerodynamic now, uh, which more I kind of like, yeah, sure, sure. More <laughs> dangerous. I don't, I don't think that this, this rule change is going to help the safety at all. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it leaves room for getting a little bit more creative, which I like. Personally, what I liked about the arrow bar situation at Unbound, and probably most people hated this, including the race organizers, the drama around the arrow bars is something that I actually liked and I found fascinating um, because it's it's the most obvious thing, and like literally, you could you could explain to an eight year old the situation, and they could make the right decision. They'd be like, "Yeah, arrow bars are faster." Um, right? This is like this is not hard to figure out, and yet, and yet the re- the real reason that people don't run arrow bars, they'll claim it's because of safety. They'll claim it's because of some other reason, spirit of gravel, whatever. Is because of conformity, right? Like a drop bar bike with arrow bars is dorky, and they they can't succumb to being dorky, right? So so, <laughs> like I, what I liked about the whole the whole seeing people who were running arrow bars versus seeing people who not, who are not running arrow bars is that I actually think it gives you an insight into how this person thinks about like particularly about racing. Um, whether or not they have arrow bars at Unbound, um, and and you know, I, I don't know. I just I thought it was an interesting aspect of the race, and also the people that that are nonconformists are gaining an advantage,
1: which I it, which I love. I think that's super cool. Isn't always the thing with like this always happens in bike racing disciplines, right? Where it's oh, it's just going to create an arms race to who has access to equipment, but I feel like. Aero bars and, are fifty bucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> will, they, will, they, will they survive two hundred miles though for fifty bucks? <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> but like, but you know what I mean. Like, you have okay. So you have pros who all have equipment sponsors. Like, sure. just just let them run. Let them run whatever. Like, re, mm-hmm. let them. Let's see who can can rock up and who is crafty enough to I don't know put the put the bike together in the right way or approach the race in the right way that's what I appreciated about like Keegan's uh Keegan's response or what I saw of his response to the whole SBT drama right where he was Mm -hmm. just like if everybody rocks up with uh hydration packs on we're not stopping like that's such a savage response but like he thought about it and said this is going to be the best strategy that's going to help me win this race and like everybody else had access to hydration packs Mm -hmm. like I don't know I don't understand why uh why you pros are all soft and have to have these packs of like group texts of, you know, what are we all going to run tomorrow? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I agree, man. I agree. I've said it on this podcast. Most of the time, bike racing is one, a bike race is won by the strongest person and mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. And that's super cool. I, I, I like to see that. I like to watch that every once in a while, a bike race is not run not won by the strongest person it's won by the smartest person and that that is what like that's what gets me going more than anything that is what i absolutely love to see more than anything like when somebody they're not stronger than the rest of the field they just outsmart the rest of the field and they could do that with tactics they could do that with equipment they could do that with you know i don't know training whatever you know nutrition um they were just smarter than everyone else and it they got the advantage and they and they that's
1: how they won the race and you you could definitely argue that Keegan did that at SPT, you know oh yeah 100% right i mean i don't know i i see like i understand that although keegan is strong enough to beat the rest of the field <laughs> well let's just let's just get that out of the way <laughs> i almost i almost wish that he would be that nonconformist and just not show like just show up on the same bike for every race and just Show everybody how strong he is and destroy everybody. I I have heard people say that they they wish that
0: a rule for the lifetime Grand Prix riders was that you had to ride the same bike at every single event.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude,
0: I've been saying that. Yeah, I think <laughs> you <laughs> said that. I yeah. also heard Jeremy. I th- I think Jeremiah says that too. And I th- it, yeah. would kinda, it would be kind. It would be kind of cool. Although what I will say about that is that when you race these Lifetime Grand Prix races, you're not just racing, if you're in the Lifetime Grand Prix, you're not just racing your fellow Lifetime Grand Prix riders, you're also racing other people that are not in the Grand Prix. And I don't want to see Grand Prix riders at a disadvantage to non-Grand Prix riders. You know what I mean? You mean like non-Grand Prix rider masters? No, dude. I mean like <laughs> I mean like Ivar Slick. That's who I'm talking about. <laughs>
2: dude, what if that guy yeah, rocks yeah, up yeah. in the amateur field this year?
0: dude you should man that'd be awesome i want to see, dude i want to see a whole crew of uh dutch mafia guys in the amateur field with arrow bars and just doing a team time
1: trial until they blow past keegan and just they went they rocked up at to a local i don't remember what event it was they they rocked up to like a local gravel race that we had we have like a wednesday night series here in in northwest arkansas it's like one week we were doing road the next week gravel and they i think it was ivar and uh payson and someone else like rocked up and just like no chill like absolutely turned the screws on like this local group of guys it was just <laughs> like <laughs> so don't put it past them to just show up on on uh on the amateur field at any of these well, lifetime races yeah dude i mean last year so last year there was
0: a email chain about whether or not the pro men were going to use aero bars or not u- use aero bars i was i was on it i i forget if it was started by i think it was started by pete um and basically, like the Dutch mafia guys, because that's who that's who Pete was worried about, right? He just he just saw how much they dominated at Gravel Locos, and he was like, "Yeah, these guys are no joke, and they also don't care about the spirit of gravel. They're here to win." <laughs> um, like, and they they were like, "Yeah, dude, we don't give a fuck. Like, we <laughs> brought our arrow bars, we're using them." <laughs> <laughs> which i have so much respect for um and uh yeah i don't know that that would that would be an awesome tactic if they decided to do the amateur race and uh and just and not only not only did they get the fastest time but they end up passing the first person in the pro race
1: <laughs> what is it, what's the deal with uh with these american gravel pros trying to trying to gatekeep you guys the more i hear from like the older gravel Privateers, the more they just sound like they're trying to keep everything, they're like trying to keep keep everybody else down. You know, yeah, that's to keep funny. things the way they were, <laughs> dude. That's a funny take, man.
0: Because like gravel is all about uh, inclusion, inclusivity, and, you know, inc- including anyone, right? <laughs> yeah, except except if you're, I don't know, the kind of guy that wants to run arrow bars. <laughs> <laughs> so whole discipline for you, go over there. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I'm, I'm, uh, I guess in in summary, before we move on, I'm, I'm sad to see arrow bars go for the elites at Unbound for my own selfish reasons. Um, and I think that the rule is is like completely arbitrary. And I've I've talked about how arrow bar hate is arbitrary in the past, so I won't get into that again. But you know. At the same time, it'll kind of mix things up, and it'll it'll uh, it'll just mean that I got to do some more thinking outside the box, um,
1: which I like to do. So, what's the next we'll see- controversy you're going to create? Then, do I create controversy? I, I like- don't know. You, maybe you could stir up some drama before the uh, before Unbound. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like I I.
0: I was outside of the controversy at Unbound, even though I totally had arrow bars on. I just didn't respond to any of the email chain.
1: Yeah, I'll figure something (laughs) out. (laughs) You should do it on like a. (laughs) I know. I know you probably have uh, bike sponsors, but maybe you should like put over your bike sponsor sticker on like a specialized Shiv or something like that. Some big old beefy tires on there. Yeah, or just get Factor to send me their TT bike. Yeah, there you go. That's that'll be cool. (laughs) Yeah what's the uh so the wild card announcement is coming out in like 6 hours what's mm-hmm. uh what's it going to be what's the word yeah adam and i were talking about this earlier
0: um i mean we still i i don't know i like they haven't they haven't told us what it is before everyone else knows so i i have absolutely no idea i've heard rumors that it's a race that doesn't even exist yet 2023 will be the first year that it happens i don't know if that's right or wrong it's Honestly, it's just rumors at this point. But I don't know, Adam. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I
2: don't know. I the only the only event that really makes sense to me that's like you know a, a lifetime event uh, or like an, an existing lifetime event would be the Rad, which is a uh, gravel race in Colorado. And my my thinking behind that is, and, and I also think it, I, I agree it could be it could be an unknown event, like a brand new event. Um, but they announced the rad dates like a couple weeks ago. So it was the last one of, of the whole series to, to get announced of the dates. And it's like September 28th or 30th or something like that, like end of September. So the timing falls kind of like right at the end of the season when things are kind of getting heated with the, uh, with the standings, um, they shorten the race. So it's not like 160 some miles anymore. I think it's only like 120 miles. So it's a little more reasonable. Um, and the registration hasn't opened for that event yet. All the other lifetime events, the registration is already open. So I don't think it would make any mm-hmm. sense to announce like this mystery event after the registration is opened. Yeah, and and or closed. Sure. um Because that would kind of suck if you're like, oh man, I think it's going to be Lutzen, so I'm going to sign up for Lutzen, and then they announce it, and it's not Lutzen, and they're like, oh crap, I should have done Tahoe, you know, or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, so like, I think I think you got to give people the chance to like, you know buy their way into this event that is part of the Grand Prix. Um, so that's what I think. I think it's either going to be the RAD or something that uh, doesn't exist yet.
1: I'm looking at the yeah. event page yet, and I think it's a, that's a good look because uh, I just went to the the Lifetime Athletic Events, and the hmm. RAD is listed as TBD 2023, which is a good tip. My curveball that I would love to see, because I have no skin in this game, would be <laughs> to make you all do... Uh, like the fucking turkey trot chicago 5k <laughs> <laughs> just like let's make this what it is just
0: like a spectacle how about we just do like arm wrestling or something dude i Should didn't
2: even completely, look, dude i didn't even think about that lifetime puts on a host of other events they've got like triathlons they've got running races
1: yeah 100 yeah yeah, dude. yeah so
2: you're looking you're looking up at Right, that's yeah. The Turkey Trot Chicago five k. That's that's too late though. See, it's it's got to be before Big Sugar. Too late. Big Sugar is the last r- race in the oh, series. Oh,
1: okay, okay. But dude,
2: the Chicago okay. half marathon that could be totally. That would make sense. Mm. You just you know you're already up in Cable, Wisconsin. Just make the trek down a couple hours. You're training for a you know two hour race. Dude, yeah, that's perfect.
1: Not bad at all,
2: dude. Okay, let's speculate on this. Let's say it's the Chicago half marathon. Who wins? Who's the
0: best runner in the lifetime Grand Prix um yeah. I mean there's definitely gonna be a correlation between how well how how good of a cyclist you are and how good of a runner you are right obviously yeah um although it's not a it's not a perfect correlation um so and also i gotta say Keegan has really skinny calves and that is that's good for running <laughs> i think I think that in another life if Keegan had bit had committed himself to running he could be a pretty
1: incredible runner just bi- just based off of those two observations right there dude already already i'm picking brendan johnston wasn't he like a world-class who like, wasn't, that? He olympian, wasn't he like an olympian rower is that what i'm thinking I, of? I, dude
0: i honestly I don't know, don't know any i honestly don't know anything about that guy is, right. is that one of did the international say, guys i'm i'm not sure i would so did you just to... pick one of them
2: at random
1: <laughs> <laughs> did
2: you combine two people's l- names
1: i did they're not listed sequentially
2: because <laughs> the, the, there's that guy from california brennan Wirtz, who used to be an olympic rower uh, i don't
0: I think i don't think that guy would be winning any marathons no dude, he's
2: huge he's like 200 pounds dude not my too, my my dark sure. horse pick would
0: be lance is lance a, a good it. runner I mean, he races cyclocross, and yeah, yeah. But dude, what, races cyclocross for, and now we're talking about a half marathon. Those are very different things, dude. My money would be on Lance. All right, his t-
2: his teammate Freddie Ovette, If he was part of the Grand Prix, yeah, he if would Freddie. Win, o- for sure. If Freddie
0: Ovette was in the lifetime, yeah, I would. Then I would agree with that. Um, you know okay, what's well, funny? It's not going to be a this- running race, but. Well, you know what's funny about this whole conversation is we're doing all this speculating and by the time this episode comes out everyone will already know <laughs> the answer. <laughs> Except for wait, we didn't we didn't talk about our Patreon yet. Our
2: Patreon people. Dude, Daniel throwing us all the bones. He's gonna hear this before the before the Grand Prix announcement comes out. Should we, we move on just to in,
1: we should have just invited him to the podcast? Yeah, Dude, maybe nah, we should. That I, should
2: I, think, be a, I think that's the 150
0: dollar tier level. Don't don't sell us short. Man.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: um, should we just move on to what uh, what Daniel's got cooking up? Yeah. Yep. All right. I didn't read it, all, it. So do you have it pulled um, up? Uh, no, I don't have it pulled okay. up. Okay.
2: All right. Let me get it. Okay. <laughs> so this is Daniel's January 2023 question. Remember, he sends us a question once a month. this this one's yeah this one's a doozy um okay so he says i've analyzed and compared the 2022 lifetime grand prix field versus the 2023 lifetime grand prix field looking at average age and how many north american off-road ultra endurance races they've attended on average can you talk about your take on why in the table below or take on the why in the table below um okay so he says For the women's field, why are 17 women not returning to the series? And why are there 18 new faces? And why did they only attend, on average, four races? Why are so many Lifetime Grand Prix athletes new to gravel and off-road endurance racing? Okay,
0: let's just do that one first. Uh, So, are there... I'm assuming that there are fewer returning racers in the women's field than in the men's field. And And Daniel's asking why like half the women's field is not returning or over uh, half the women's um, field is not returning. Sure.
2: <laughs>
0: well, I will say that there were
2: no. So, post- so okay, hold on, hold on. I, he's got it in his table here. Lifetime grand prix 2022 athletes, not returning for the men. There's 12 versus for the mm-hmm. women. There's 17. Although he said so, new, what I will say for the men is only 16. That wouldn't make sense. Cause it's only 28. I don't know. Something like that. You did your
0: math wrong, Daniel. (laughs) Um, I will. So, what I will say is that there were posts from both men and women throughout the year. Um, Leah Davidson, I think. uh, uh, Who else? I can't think of off the top of my head. Basically, I I, I think they were mostly mountain bikers who were saying, you know, Stephen DeVaust, yeah. Um, mostly mountain bikers who are saying like, yeah, you know, this lifetime Grand Prix thing is cool, but you know, I'm a mountain biker and, uh, I don't want to be doing a a race series where like half the races are races. I don't want to be doing in the first place, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, which is also what, um, some high profile gravel racers said, but in the opposite direction, you know, they don't want to be doing a series where half the races are mountain bike races. Um, like Lawrence 10 dam. Um, so I think that could be the reason why there aren't some returning athletes. And then also, I think that the lifetime Grand Prix is just building up so much publicity that some of the, some of the people getting in and, and some of the people applying are not necessarily gravel racers, but they're seeing all this hype that, that the lifetime Grand Prix is getting, and they want to be a part of it, even if they haven't necessarily raced gravel or mountain bikes. Um, and so, you know, maybe they get into it and they realize it's not their thing or, or you know, or whatever. Um, or maybe they just wanted to do it one season just to check it out. And then, you know, and then they're kind of on to their next project. Um, you know, I don't know if there were more women like that than there were men like that. But there were there, there were both men and women like that where where there were a few where there were a few of them where they were big names, but they weren't necessarily big names in gravel. You know what I'm saying? Or big yeah, names yeah. mountain bike.
2: Yeah, and I think it's like it's important to remember too that gravel's still pretty new as a discipline. The proving grounds in our sport I would say is still in the road scene. Like the who's who of anybody has raced or is racing at the highest level on the road. So like if you're coming over from road, it's not like you're like it's like, oh man, they but they don't, you know who knows, are they going to be able to complete unbound? Like it's a different animal. It's like They've already proven themselves at like the highest level. Like I'm pretty sure they can do Unbound. Maybe not perfectly, but they're you know probably have proven themselves to be capable of it. Um, you know, sure. it's not it's it's like it's like you know some a quarterback from the NFL going to like the you know the Arena Football League. Like yeah, it's a little different, but mm-hmm. they're probably going to do just
0: fine. It's <laughs> called Gravel Arena Football. <laughs> <I know. laughs> which is a good analogy
1: and gravel racers, gravel racers would definitely get upset about that analogy, but it's a good analogy. Um, I was going to call back to, I was going to go back to Scott calling you out and just wonder if they got bitchitis, the same bitchitis that you came down with Dylan. That Scott was calling you <laughs> out. I, don't good, I, I completed the series and I'm back for 2023. What are you talking about? I don't I, you know what? I kind of have like, uh, I don't know if I'd call it a hot take on that, but like, I don't know. I feel like I understand people not wanting to do the races because they're not fun. But I feel like if you signed up for for year one, you kind of know, you kind of knew what you were getting into. And like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I just, uh, this is my, my perspective from me personally, but I would, am, I have fun competing in multiple events. Like I feel like I'm an, an athlete or a cyclist, not just one particular discipline of cycling. Like, I don't know. Sure. Don't pigeonhole yourself. You're you know? a bike racer.
2: Right. I mean, like. At the, end yeah, of the day, exactly. You, you race bikes. It'd be different if yeah, the Grand exactly. Prix Without you know, takes Tyler's advice and pulls in the Chicago
1: Turkey Trot 5K. Like, okay, then you can. Dude, that you should know, be for bitch about that, but that should be the last event for all the marbles. Like, you finish, and then you have to do a running race. That should be who <laughs> that should determine it. Yeah, I mean,
0: I will say too that although the races in the Lifetime Grand Prix are quite varied uh you know as far as endurance off road events go there it's not like we're it's not like we have to do a crit and then the next race we have to do is like downhill mountain biking you know what i mean um you know like i feel like the the, the probably the furthest two events apart from each other are unbound and Schwamigan, right and yeah um and you know you could uh, if, if you only still
2: still longer than like an
0: XCO, you know, so it's like it's yeah, still not a sure. true cross-country race. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's not, you know, um, I guess my point is that the the events are quite varied, but it's relative. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's relative to the world of endurance off-road bike racing. Yeah. Um, I don't okay. know. Did we an- did we answer Daniel's first question there? Well, did so- we just go off on a tangent.
2: I mean, sort of, you know, he was talking about like, why are the new racers on average only doing four of these ultra races? But I think, yeah, we kind of touched on that. Because they're Um, soft. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to find out how soft they are this year. (laughs) Um, Okay, so for the women's field, why isn't there an age difference between the non-returning athletes and the new athletes? So basically, like, why are they ditching the old women
0: for the old women? Wait, what? They are? they're ditching the old women for the old women. I should have looked closer at this whole
2: Yeah, so so the average age of a of a female that's not returning to the Grand Prix series for this year is 34 mm-hmm. and the average age of a new female lifetime Grand Prix
0: athlete is 34. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Dan like Daniel's thinking that okay, so theoretically the the upper classmen should be older than the than the uh, incoming class right is that also, what he's saying i mean
2: or or like you know why are yeah why why are you
0: not giving opportunity to younger newer riders well i think they are they they chose some riders that weren't even that are under 20 years old um but then what are there some chicks that are 50 are there chicks that are 50 in here
1: I don't, I don't know, know. how is the
0: how is the average well, 34? Well, I'm, just, I'm just saying like uh uh Ian Lopez um no dude we're uh, talking Jack- about the women don't don't talk about the men yet it's
2: a different story okay he, well he specifically are, wants to know for the women t- and, and so my Bella, answer would be I Bella in the women's
0: races I think she's like 19 18 okay okay I so so I I think I think what he's getting at though is like why are there not uh, young women in the I is that his question? Why
1: aren't they replacing the old women with young, with young <laughs> <Yeah>. women? <laughs> Lifetime, the Grand Prix hasn't hit its middle age. Middle age. I mean, uh, I mean,
0: ag- I mean. Again, I don't really think that they thought that deep into it, right? I think that they just picked who is the most qualified. You know what I mean? And, and I will say too
2: and, that and a lot so of times, they, as far as I know, the Lifetime Grand Prix was not doing any recruiting. Like the, okay. the application was open, and whoever. Whoever wanted to apply did. Um, So my guess would just be that there, there aren't as many younger women focusing on gravel and in wanting to. Yeah. I I
0: mean, just in general, I think that a lot of pros come to gravel after they've had like a full mountain bike career or a full road career, you know? So, yeah.
2: and, And for a lot of, a lot of men that road or mountain bike career might end when they're, Twenty six or twenty seven, but for women, I mean, you know, I mean, it
0: could for women too.
2: It could, but a lot of a lot of women. I mean, I'm pretty sure the average female age in the women's pro peloton is older than the the, than in the men's field. I wouldn't surprise. So, so they're they're retiring later in life, and therefore applying for the lifetime Grand Prix later in life. Mm
0: -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, Hmm. I don't know. I I guarantee that
2: one. I don't know either, but I guarantee they they did not build a spreadsheet like this when they were doing the selections. Maybe they should have. (laughs) All right, what's the next one? These are very (laughs) detailed questions. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, For the men's field, why did the average age
0: come down almost five years? The average age came down five years? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I already named two riders that are under 20 years old. They could be skewing the average quite a bit. Yeah. so that could be part of it. Also, yeah, so, Lawrence, so, Lawrence 10 Dam is pretty old and he's not in here again. So <laughs> I think he's like
1: maybe like 85 and 90. That's why he brings the rest of the young guys. He brings the Ebar well, with him so, so you can bring that average age down. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. So, so Daniel's next point is for the men's field, why did Lifetime have so many old athletes in 2022? And why did they change their focus to young athletes this year? so so the new athlete average age for <clears throat> uh for the men is 25 which still Whoa. is like that's i mean it's that's low like
0: it's la- less that's that's th- lower than i would have thought yeah. 25 i mean i think it i think it goes back to what i was saying about how a lot of for, at least for last year a lot of established gravel racers used to be pro road racers and now they're retired from pro road racing and they you know they're a little bit older right and probably last year um, some of these younger writers coming up got to got to you know showcase how strong they really are and and now life lifetime is taking notice. You know? Yeah, so I don't know, just a theory. Yeah, like I heard um, I heard
2: like Ted King talking on his podcast. He was saying like it's pretty cool or you know unique that there there are there are dudes in in the men's field now who who have only ever known pro, you know pro. Uh, gravel racing like they didn't they didn't come for they're not coming from a mountain bike background they're not coming from a road background like gravel yeah. is their background
0: yeah sure yeah
2: Um. okay so for the men's field the new athletes attended almost as many seven almost as many races seven as the lifetime grand prix athletes eight so we're talking these like you know ultra or endurance gravel or mountain bike races mm-hmm. Um. he said working hard for that lifetime grand prix spot as a man, why do you need to attend seven or eight off-road races in order to get into the Grand Prix? Are you punished for not attending enough races, given that those returning only finished six
0: on average? Is this a is this different in the women? Do the women not
2: Yeah, remember the women, the women on only our... did four races.
0: Oh boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because the men are dumb enough to show up and do multiple 200-mile races in like consecutive weekends. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was yeah. definitely dumb. I was definitely dumb enough to do that at
0: the at the fir, in the first half of the season. Um, so, so I'm actually like, I don't
2: know. I think seven or eight actually seems kind of low. Like, what is that? Like total races in the year? How is what is that lifetime races? Uh, I mean, he just calls it North American off road ultra endurance races. Hmm. So I don't know what what qualifies for that. Like, does does Big Sugar? qualify well, for that because it's, it's, it's probably miles
0: yeah it's probably races that daniel has on his list you know on his like is there a ranking for that in his calendar you should have you should have
2: attached your list so we know <laughs> what we're talking about here um yeah i don't, I don't know I, I, I like you you did more than seven or eight ultra endurance yeah, races no, last year for sure
0: for sure daniel you need to you need to start a website <laughs> man you need to start like a gravel rankings website and uh, anybody can go and check out all these stats. Like Gravel Stats. Gravel, gravel. Power, gravel power Rankings is already a thing. Call it gravel, GravelResults.com. Gravel Stats, sponsored by Bonk Bros. Pebble Power.
1: Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I,
2: I don't I don't know. I don't, I don't think anyone got punished for not doing enough races, but my guess is if you didn't do as many races, it's
0: probably because you weren't as good. Yeah, well, it's definitely helpful to have more results for the people at Lifetime to look at. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Dude, Scott's Versus- probably pulling down that average. He 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 did zero. Well, he didn't get in either.
2: I know he didn't get in, but <laughs> what if he would have gotten in? Then the average would have been the same as I the know. woman.
0: I know.
1: <laughs> um, he couldn't for, even figure for, out how to connect his Athlinks account. I think that yeah. was a long, <laughs> long Are you shot. shaking back that scopy smart comment from earlier. Yeah, kind of yeah, kinda, actually. No, I think <laughs> as a whole, it's fifty-fifty. <laughs>
0: I, he right. must he he must have really had to screw up that application and not get in. Did he probably didn't? Even, he probably forgot to hit submit.
1: <laughs>
2: okay, we got one All more nice of these. Question. We got to pump out. Uh, okay, so last one All for right. the men's field. Why are so many or no? Why are the men racing on average two to three more races outside of the lifetime Grand Prix?
1: Because mm. the Grand Prix doesn't have enough events, so
2: you kind of have you, to.
1: What is the? Uh... Without without naming names, you can shake your head. Uh, Dylan, do you guys get start money or like for the Grand a, Prix? No, 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 no. For like other events, right? Like so so I'm thinking of a, a race like Gravel Locos. Wasn't mm-hmm. in the Grand Prix, but mm-hmm. seemingly all these pros like rock up to it. And I know not in cross necessarily, but I know other series you've had the promoter like you have the promoter that reaches out and like, Hey, you should attend my event. I'll give you discounted registration or what have you? Like why mm. why is it that the men are rocking up to this a small race like Gravel Locos or a relatively new race compared to Unbound or Crusher? Dylan, Dylan, hold on. Let me
2: preface before you answer, just keep the spirit of gravel in mind. You don't want to break
0: people's hearts. <laughs> the spirit of gravel. I feel like this is this is not a secret, I feel like. Maybe no. it's just because I'm too in the know. Uh, that I think it's not a secret, but this is not a secret, like gravel race, gravel race promoters are, are totally giving out start money a hundred percent. Um,
1: I didn't know that. Yeah, they they they,
0: they are, they are 100% doing that. And if you are a, if you're a big name, like a Pete Stetner or Ted King or, you know, whatever, I mean, you could, you could make, I don't know, maybe you could probably make 40 grand a year just off of starting races, just like traveling around and
1: starting races. Dude, that's insane. I didn't. So do they give you actual, is it actual cash in hand or is it like, we'll up yeah. your, your hotel? Really? Well, it's that too, but yeah. What? That's crazy. Yeah, man. Dude, but uh, isn't, it,
2: isn't that awesome though? Yeah, it's great. Like, that 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 that
1: already makes gravel more legit than it gets credit for so mm-hmm. then can, can you here follow up question can you could i as a uh mediocre gravel cyclist say i'm in the gravel power rankings and uh and i'm uh, what's this guy that has that all the questions daniel daniel creates this list and i i'm in the power rankings could i as a uh, aspiring gravel pro, uh, uh also get start money, but perhaps less start money. Probably, yeah. yeah well, so like, are people getting paid different amounts based on their? Just, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. It's like
0: this is not. It's not like these race promoters have a chart. Like, if you have this result, you get this money, and if you have this, it, it's like it's more so like the race promoter likes Ted King. So there's like, hey, Ted King, I want you to come
1: to my race. Here's x amount of dollars i mean it's marketing right like people are gonna if i'm if i have so the reason honestly it's ahead. honestly it's like
0: it's probably not even based on results it's based on of it's based on you know how many people is this person theoretically going to bring to the race which has more to do with probably i don't know social media presence honestly
1: yeah for sure i mean it's like belgian or like european cyclocross like you can you can essentially apply for start money uh to any races and like basically depending on who you are and like what your ranking it i don't know if they take they probably take ranking into account but like you can get from anywhere from 50 euros to if you're wout and Mathieu's level like tens of thousands of euros just to show up and and start the race so that's yeah. i mean to your point it's like super cool that gravel has that um Cause I didn't know that existed. I thought you guys were all just out there you know, doing it for the spirit. <laughs> doing it for this. Yeah, dude, our
0: sponsors don't pay us anything. We just, you know, we, we just live in our vans
1: and, and, uh, you know, Drink race beer. our bikes and hope for the best. So I need those Patreon supporters to come in. So Scott, dude, and, I, you don't have to live in your van. Uh, yeah i i don't
0: together. i don't know if you know it's a it's a it's a thing that people say oh man you know bike racers aren't paid enough bike racers aren't paid enough and uh i guess you know when you compare that to other sports that's true you know if you compare you know i don't know how much uh you know matthew Vanderpool is making versus i don't know lebron james or whatever um but i i I will say that I don't think people realize how much money there is in U.S. gravel right now. Um, I think that some people, and and I don't want to I don't want to spout out figures because I'm probably way off, and I don't know anyone's salary. But I think people, if 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 people knew how much, just say the top ten in the lifetime Grand Prix, how much they were making, I think they would be really surprised. Mm, I th- some of them. Not all of them, though. Some of them, sure. I mean, sure, you know, yeah. Like some people know how to market themselves better than others.
2: I think they but the, you know, but the think- problem is, yeah, but, but in other sports, if you were to take, you know, okay, so top 10 in the Lifetime Grand Prix was the top 30% of the field. So mm-hmm. if you were to take the top 30% of, of another sport, like, say, football, mm-hmm. you'd probably see a pretty big disparity between first and 10th as far as what their, what their annual sure. salary was. Um, but but the the bottom like you know the the, the guy that's in you know at the tenth percent like he's making like hell a lot of money still you're not you're not seeing that in gravel though like there there well, like there are some guys in the top ten who are like eating ramen in you know sleeping on their yeah vans. I
0: mean I mean I I guess I will say that the difference is that um in gravel at least right now a lot of it is how you market yourself. And and a lot of it, For frankly, sure. is is like your social media presence, right? I mean, if you if you get you know a podium at a lifetime Grand Prix race, but you've got a thousand Instagram followers and you never post, you're going to be making way less money than the the dude who got twentieth place, but you know has a hundred plus thousand follow you know subscribers on YouTube,
1: you know that douchebag. <laughs> I mean, I think the th- the problem with cycling is that there's this like all the contracts, at least from people who I have uh, been affiliated with, they no one talks about how much money they're making, right? And so there's mm-hmm. just this race to the bottom or this like unknown that you, you can actually ask promoters for money to to show up at their gravel race instead of having to pay an entry fee or something like that, right? And so I, I feel like that's where cycling falls short is we do ourselves a disservice uh, in like not even sharing You know, uh, Mm -hmm. with the NFL, you know what, if you're on the roster, you know roughly what that person is making because they have a minimum salary that you can make. Whereas in gravel and cross, it's up to the individual and there's no, you have no bargaining power essentially. I know that's taking us off topic, but I mean. No, I mean, I think it's on topic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it, so with that, Dylan, I expect to see a full breakdown of your sponsorship money and how many millions of dollars you're making from big gravel. Yeah, I'll have a video about that, for sure. I'll have have a video where I
0: speculate about what what all of the gravel racers make, and it doesn't matter if it's accurate or not. It just matters that it gets a lot of views.
1: Release that just before Unbound, too. That'd be the drama you can create. For sure. Oh, yeah. Dude, that
2: actually would create a lot of drama. If, uh, if it you, out <laughs> that of would. That would be hilarious,
1: actually.
0: <laughs> well, I I mean, I don't know how much money these people are making. I And, and I should probably – I should have probably said – I think I did say that at the beginning. I said that, right? I don't know how yeah, much money did. these people are making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. right, so – like, you know, I, I guess this is all speculation on all of our parts, but I, I just think that it's more than people think it is. I think that people have this idea that uh, U.S. bike racers are barely scraping by, and for the vast majority of U.S. bike racers, that is the case. But I will dude, say that for the people okay. at the top of U.S. gravel racing, that's people not the People don't think that
2: Payson McKelvin is scraping by when he rolls up in his, like, <laughs> 70-foot-long mega bus, dude. I mean— I think mm-hmm. pe- I think people have some idea of of like what the top of the top are making. All right, yeah. And I think people would be surprised at how little the lower part of the top also make. So
1: yeah, I mean, it's you're, you're it's, talking about like top in terms of salary, right? Not in terms of performance. Yeah. Because you said pay hey, and yes. top of the top. At that's what well, to <laughs> I will
0: I will say that if you if you. If we were to know the salaries of the top ten in the lifetime Grand Prix, I think it would be I think there would be a very large difference between whoever in the top ten gets paid the least and whoever in the top ten gets paid the most. Like the difference between those two people would be huge, I bet. Yes. Which I think is what you were saying, alluding to.
2: You're talking like four figures versus pushing seven figures. You think that somebody's pushing seven figures?
1: We're baiting you to get the answer. <laughs> pretty
0: pretty pretty close, yeah, I would say so. Okay. Or, right, yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I I mean, yeah, yeah. And then and then there are people in the Lifetime Grand Prix who are not getting paid like they might be getting
1: free bikes. So how many how many of the of the top of the Lifetime Grand Prix, how many of you all have agents? Ooh, that's another good question. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many
0: people have agents. I would say that If you're in the top 10, I mean, probably, probably, probably most of the top 10 has agents. And I would say, you know, maybe half, maybe half of us. If I had you ever, did you ever connect Drew with your agent? No.
1: You left him hanging. (laughs) I think that makes a difference though, right? Like, sure. Yeah. You have, if you have, I don't know, that's, that's. And I think uh Jeff Kabush was talking about that, right? How like it's really hard being an athlete because or like because there is so much expected of athletes these days to have to train to do this, to do the social media, et cetera. But yeah. at least if you have someone doing the work for you to like find you sponsors, find go out there and find you some someone that'll pay you money, that's gotta be a huge weight off your shoulders. So Yeah. I don't know. That's pretty sweet that I don't know. I, I just didn't expect that gravel racers were making pushing eight figure salaries.
2: No, 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 not eight figures.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just throwing I'm trying to get a reaction here to see if we're too two over, too under. <laughs> I I think that the high I think that the highest
0: paid gravel racers are making six figures. I don't think there's I don't think there's a gravel racer making seven. Although I, I could be wrong. Not me. Pushing seven, I said. Okay. You know, all like, right. Three-quarter mil. Yeah. Um,
2: Easy. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Um, do we want this to be the Daniel Show, or do we want to pull up some other questions? Yeah, Let's pull, pull up some other questions. Okay. Sorry, we Daniel. We can't just answer Daniel. Don't we have, like, 40 questions backlogged? can't we only got a, answer. We got quite a few, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about all the Instagram ones. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think I should pull up those first, maybe. Cause, okay. Because those those came in like a month ago. All right, hold on.
0: <laughs> I know who's not a patron.
2: <laughs>
0: hey, you know what? You know what else we should do for the for the Patreon supporters? If you ask a question on Patreon and you're a supporter, then you get priority answer on the podcast. Dude, yes. Dude, we just did that, Daniel. He bumped everybody. His there question you go. came in like there yesterday.
1: Yeah, exactly. yeah um, yes. We should also Uh, have, like, Scott do, like, a cameo thing. Like, if you pay a certain amount of money, Scott will, like, wish you happy birthday. Yeah, exactly. He'll sing it. He'll (laughs) sing happy birthday to you.
2: (laughs) I think that's the 250 tier. Perfect. Nice. Okay. Um, What do you all think it would take for cycling to become a mainstream sport in the U.S.? This comes from JC underscore (laughs) Hunter 15.
0: A mainstream sport in the U S oh man, it'd take a lot.
1: Yeah. Um, I think he, I think the, the big thing is like, how do you create, um, how do you create interest? And this is something that we talk about in, in one of the, the lesser known disciplines, cyclocross a lot is like, do you, does it's a chicken and the egg. Do you have to have live streaming first to get people to watch the races or do you need to do a, a grassroots model to get the people in the door and then that builds viewership. Yeah. Also, but
2: I think I, I think I think we've got to get away from the participation model.
0: Yeah. If you want I, it's yeah, super, it's it's cool
2: that we've got these two thousand person events and the amateurs. Can yeah, race, dude. The screw this. of, the pros, of gravel.
1: But like, <laughs> like Let's gatekeep this sport. Let's go.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't
0: know. I to me that's I, not that's not helping grow the the overall fandom of the sport. Also, like I you know. I don't wanna sound mean here. Um, like I enjoy watching bike racing, but it's you know, because I am a bike racer. Watching bike racing is just boring. You know what I mean? It's not it's not as interesting as watching other sports. You know what I mean? Who like even even among bike racers, who turn who tunes in for an entire Tour de France stage? You know what I'm oh, saying? Dude, I, I do. I'm not trying to work. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fair enough. No, you're all right, though. Like, to sit down and watch an entire four hour tour stage, like, no one's, I'm not even sitting down to watch that. I just have it playing in the background. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I don't know. If you can make it exciting and engaging, like, Mm -hmm. why don't for, I'll speak about cross specifically. Like, why don't we do it like motocross? Why don't we have them in like arenas, you know, where people can buy tickets. Yeah, and, and I, I actually think cross as a discipline of cycling
0: has the potential to be more interesting for a viewer than
1: road racing. And yet road racing is what gets pushed on TV. For sure. I mean? Yeah. yeah, We don't do a good jump job of marketing ourselves. So as uh, as cycle crossers, I'll say but yeah i mean Dude, but road yeah. racing only gets like it's just the tour i mean sure
2: you've got europe i i, I know that it's completely different in europe but jc underscore hunter 15 asked about us right so
0: sure,
2: um, yeah, yeah you know here's it's, a, it's only the a, tour
1: yeah but here's the thing right I, I mean i think you're seeing this shift on the road america needs to just embrace like stop trying to emulate europe right mm-hmm. like figure out what makes money here and what is going to popularize the sport here and go with that. If that's crits, then, you know, let's go, let's put a um, money and time and effort into the NCL or whatever crits and mm-hmm. make that cool. If it's like, you know, cross or I don't know, make it interesting, like pander to your market and get people stoked about it instead of just, you know, thinking that the only way that you can ever make ride bikes or watch bike racing is to watch the tour because there's more exciting shit out there. Totally sure. Yeah, problem solved. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I think that I think that uh, that's kind of what the lifetime Grand Prix is trying to do. Um, they just chose the I wrong just, discipline. They just chose. <laughs> I mean, dude, if you think if you think that a a four hour road race is boring to watch, like talking about ten hours of Unbound, you know what I mean? Dude, dude I that, I like watching
2: for that the, was so
1: bad. Flow bikes dropped out.
2: Yeah,
0: I yeah I like. I like tried
2: to tune in for the highlights last year. And even that was, Mm -hmm. was tough. Like flipping through the Instagram stuff.
0: (laughs) I know. Yeah. Um,
2: Like it it, would be super cool if like, if, if it was more dynamic, but it's just not, you know, you can only make a 10 hour race. So dynamic.
0: (laughs) I mean, I think that endurance sports, just in general, like let's think outside of bike racing. We're talking about running. We're talking about swimming. We're talking about cross country skiing. We're talking about rowing. I just, I think for a casual viewer, you know, not somebody who is into that sport, it's it's just not as exciting a thing to watch, you know, as as people, you know, tackling each other. You know what I'm saying? More no. violence in bike racing? Though? No, is that what you're saying. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i mean, I mean I come think on! you can't tell me same, that watching I'm a not, cyclocross I'm, race is, dude, is more boring than watching soccer well i prefer to watch i <laughs> i prefer to watch a
0: cyclocross race as opposed to a soccer game but what i'm saying is that is that i'm not talking about a I knew person get fired up on that one <laughs> <laughs> i'm talking about i'm talking about a person that is like you know is like hey let me see what's on espn you know what I mean? They don't even play a sport. They're just like, oh, is there a game on? Oh, it's a bike race. Ah, screw this. You know, I'll go back to the cooking channel. Yeah.
1: A bit, you know, I think, I think we, as uh, the average American sports fan often is just too, we're too quickly bored by some things that take um, brain power and like, <laughs> just attention. So like everybody complains about soccer, which is near and dear to my heart, but like that so okay, so what score. is what is your
0: answer to that question? Would you rather watch a cyclocross race or a soccer game?
1: Who's playing the soccer match?
0: I'd rather watch – I don't
2: know. I'd rather watch. watch a cross race. We know that Tyler's a real soccer fan because he called it a match instead of a game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather – I'd obviously rather watch a, a cross race. But like yeah. the the whole idea that like, oh, there's no action happening in in soccer – Uh, is such a bullshit excuse because it's literally 90 minutes of action the whole time Mm -hmm. there's not stopping unlike football or basketball where players gotta like change their socks and so we stop for five minutes of commercials or whatever you know do you think do you think that the stopping do you think that the these sports that have
0: stopping and breaks it actually helps the viewers you know, because they're yes. not watching one continuous thing. It's like they can kind of compartmentalize what's going on. <laughs> Dang, maybe that's it. Maybe that's I I, that's I totally it. think that's that's a thing. Yeah, because mm-hmm. bike and racing like, is and, continuous and too,
2: like, right? Part of stops in football, like you don't you don't realize this when you're watching on TV because you're you end up watching the commercials. But like, there's a lot of time in football where they stop intentionally because they need to run commercials. There's nothing else going yeah. on except oh, <laughs> got to get that commercial right. time. Mm-hmm. So like you can't Man. do that in soccer, right? If you, if you had to stop a soccer game for a minute to to run commercial ads, like people would lose their minds, right? Because if if a goal got scored during that time, like you, you just watch the entire game for nothing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. That might be the only goal they score all game. Right. <laughs> I thought it was funny, Tyler, when you posted something that it was like uh, during during the World Cup, and and it was like you know you guys want to see higher higher scoring games, but. All you do is inflate inflate your points
1: arbitrarily. Yeah, I was thinking of that bit how like uh, this comedian was talking about like yeah, house football. They like football because it's higher scoring, but really the score is still two to three. You just added a bunch of like extra points onto the end of it to make it fourteen to twenty (laughs) one. That is so true. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, maybe you solved it there. You just need more breaks in bike racing. So. Dylan maybe start an email chain for the Lifetime Grand Prix that hey guys we need these commercial breaks so, so we can Okay.
0: <laughs> that mean that means the the discipline that they need to start pushing is enduro. That's what enduro is. You you race for a little bit and then you take a break. You get to the next or, segment, yeah, you race for a little bit, downhill. bit, you take a break. I'm pretty I sure do, down, I'm pretty sure downhill has the most money of any any of the disciplines. Oh, got to be. Got to be. Yeah, I mean it's the most exciting to watch. Like I know I think we had a discussion about this before and you're like, yeah, I don't watch downhill. I watch downhill. And I think that it's super fascinating and super cool. Uh, You know, it's not something I participate in. Um, it's not really something I, I ever talk about, but I, I'm totally a fan of downhill racing. A hundred percent dude. Isn't it the best when like
2: someone watches a downhill race and they're like, Oh, is this what you do? And you're like,
0: no, (laughs) it's going to
2: be further from what I do.
0: (laughs) No, it's like, it's, or like somebody's like, doing bmx tricks or something yeah (laughs) it's like oh dude that guy rides a bike too (laughs) (laughs) all right did we answer that guy's question yeah the answer is we don't know uh all right should we wrap
2: it up or should we do another question let's see one more all All
1: right one more one
2: more more from the ig airwaves dude it's gonna take us like a year to get through all these (laughs) um uh, okay what are y'all's thoughts on FKT attempts, and do any of y'all have plans to attempt any? Henry Barzee from Instagram. Mm.
1: Dumb, <laughs> dumb. <laughs> it's just like it. Like if you don't, it's that whole like Instagram thing or Strava. Like if it, if you didn't post about it, did it actually happen? Like just go race your bike. Why do you got to ride by yourself for? Mm. Fastest known time. Well, I think it was
0: popular during COVID, right? When there was no bike racing. I feel like it's died down at this point. But during
1: COVID, everybody was doing FKTs or Everesting or whatever. But there is a cool tech aspect of it, though. Like how people because there's no um, like for Everesting, there's really no rules about it other than you have to climb this this many feet Mm -hmm. in the shortest amount of time possible. So that was actually like watching the tech aspect of it of like. Um. Oh man, who is Ronan McLaughlin? Like,
0: yeah, the, stuff, out his the stuff that to, he did to his bike. Um. Yeah, it was super cool, and it yeah. was cool that he was thinking about aerodynamics and weight, right? Because I think mm-hmm. most people would just think about weight when they're thinking about Everesting. Mm-hmm. But you got to come down, and you're going at a super high speed, and aerodynamics matters a ton. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, FKTs. Uh, I don't have any plans to do any FKTs. Uh, I don't know. I feel like some of these FKTs are a little bit. It's like you know, it's like the Strava segment that you made in your neighborhood, and now, now you're you got a kom type thing. Some of them, <laughs> some of them are legit and like are sought after, and some of them, I, I feel that way about. You know what I mean? It's like how many people have actually ridden this as hard as they can possibly go. You know, are you the first one to ever try to ride this thing hard? Are you talking about KOMs or FKTs?
1: FKTs and KOMs. Can you call it an FKT if you're the first person doing it? No. Mm. Also, what is the difference between an
0: FKT and a KOM? Like an FKT is just a longer KOM, is it not? Why don't we just do short form K- uh, FKTs? <laughs> short, short form FKTs? That's what
2: yeah. KOMs
1: are. Yeah, Exactly.
2: Well, no, I think I think the problem is Strava overused KOM. Like, King of the mm. Mountain is supposed to be king of, like, the climb. You shouldn't yeah. get a KOM badge if you, like, rip the descent at 42
0: miles an hour for 30 seconds. Yeah, or if you live in Florida and there's a flat segment that you got. It's literally, right. There's literally not a mountain for, like, so, 100 So, miles.
2: really, what it should be is Strava, it should just be FKT unless it's,
1: like, an established climb then it can be a com dude i'm gonna set an fkt up my up my driveway <laughs> <laughs> walking your dog <laughs> no um, i see i keep seeing uh i keep seeing taylor Ledeen up here right up the right up the road so i need to uh oh yeah yeah set one up and you need, watch you him need to him totally K- destroy it
2: yeah you need to establish the kom and then
1: throw some tax down dude we, yeah, need exactly. get, we need to get taylor Ledeen on the podcast he he was riding by earlier. We should do this mm-hmm. earlier, and I'll try to I'll try to go pull him in live. All right. <laughs> pull him in live next yeah. Monday. Throw throw some text
2: down at like five thirty. <laughs> just Force just stop. run out just run out of your door with a mic and be like, what What are your thoughts on arrow bars? <laughs> no, just run out the door with your mic and jam it in his spokes. <laughs>
1: Perfect. <laughs> so I have a week to set up my kom. Perfect. FKT. <laughs> yeah. Westford Lane. FKT.
2: Yeah. Uh I don't know. I don't know anything else to say about FKTs. I'd rather do it by Grace.
0: Yeah. Um the only thing I'll say about FKTs is like at least you can use arrow bars for FKT. So that's cool. <laughs> no <laughs> rules against that
2: yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I'm sure it's not far down the road where they ban arrow bars for FKTs. Mm-hmm. Uh sweet. Is that a show? I think that's a show. Hour fifteen. Let's do it. All right. See you guys. Tyler, are you coming on next week then? Sure. We're gonna have the Tyler Squared episode. Oh no, it's Taylor Ladine, not another Ladine.
0: Never mind. Yeah. Taylor. Uh, is uh is yeah, Scott is Scott coming back next week? No, dude, he's got bitchitis. Yeah, dude. Dude, I think we gotta start telling Scott that if he doesn't show up for these episodes, we're not giving him the Patreon money. <laughs> and we're just gonna
2: I, Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, Scott set it up, so I don't actually know how to do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, okay. Scott can I mean, set up a Patreon, but he can't apply to the Lifetime Grand Prix. Yeah. <laughs> he's got his hey, he's got his priorities straight. Yeah, that's true.
0: That, that is true. true, dude. When when Scott wants to apply himself, he's actually really smart. But the the problem is that like most things in life, it's like he you know he doesn't give a shit about. So you're not gonna see that side of him. Fair, fair enough. Okay, sweet. Wrap it up. See you guys. See ya. See ya.